Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Rivers of Living Water is here to turn our thirsty world into a Garden of Eden, freely pouring out the Word of God to our desolate world. Now, here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. Good morning, everyone. It's nice to have you with us. We just finished the Sermon on the Mount last week, and so this week we're going to be talking about the parables. The parable of the sower is one that is very important because it uh, shows every kind of an individual that the Word of God comes to. Now, the sower goes out and sows. That's the person that loves God, that's out there doing the will of God. He's keeping the, the great command, uh, commandment that God gave or the great commission, which is go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and baptize them and disciple them and, and, uh, to, uh, kind of care for them to be the under shepherd. And this may be a, a pastor. It, it may be someone else that has gotten to the Lord. And, and so we're all people that are sowing the word that really love God. Those people are out there talking about Jesus. And so uh, this is what we want to talk about today, is those that are sowing the word, and then what happens when the word comes to people. What happens when the Bible is presented to people? What is the response that people take when they hear the word of God quoted to them. And so we find that the sermon on this um, uh, sower, this um, parable of the sower, is found in Matthew chapter 13, and uh, 3 to 9 is the actual parable, then 18 to 23 is the interpretation of the parable. It's also in Mark chapter 4, 3 to 9 is the parable, and 14 to 20 is the interpretation. And in Luke, it's chapter 8, and verses 5 to 8 is the parable, and then 8, 11 to 15 is the interpretation. Not all parables have been interpreted, but we can understand parables if we're close to God. We can get the understanding, and we're going to talk about some parables this month that um, Jesus has given. Uh, Jesus spoke a lot in parables, and parables are a story that has spiritual meaning. So, um, and can usually only be understood by people who are spiritual. To some of them, it doesn't make an awful lot of sense. So let's go through these different parables. We have four different kinds of people, and we have four uh, segments to our program, so we'll just go through each one of them one at a time. So this uh, particular segment of the program 
we want to talk about wayside, those that are at the wayside. The word is always the same, but the place where the word falls can be different and is different. There's no two people alike. And so all of us are in one of these four places, whether it's the the stony ground, the the uh, thorns or the wayside ground or the good ground. We're all in one of those places. So the first one is the wayside ground. And we find here that it's very hard. The wayside ground are those who have been hardened, that for one reason or another, there has been something in their life or has been teaching in their life or there's something that they've accepted ahead of time that makes them hardened to God's word. They really don't want to hear it. They get upset with you if you tell them about it. And these are the kind of people that... If the word gets too close to them, they'll call you hate mongers. They'll say that you're committing a hate crime. They'll try to keep you from talking about Jesus. Uh, these are the ones that you find doing this. They call themselves atheists. They call themselves agnostics or uh, whatever, or they might be in some other religion rather than in the Christian religion, so they don't want to hear anything about the Bible. And so they, they're not willing to reason with you. They're not willing to hear it. And so these are the people that are caught up in the deceitfulness of sin. They think their life is just fine. They don't need anyone else to tell them how to live or what to do, uh, including God. They don't want him to tell them what to do either. So we find these people, uh, usually they're pretty aggressive. They don't have to be, but they could be rather aggressive against God's word. And the Bible tells us here that, that the devil takes the word out of their heart. It begins to get into their heart. It begins to make sense, perhaps, but they don't want to have anything to do with it. So what do they do? Rather than being a logical kind of person and saying, well, that sure sounds right, and maybe I should check into it farther, rather than doing that, they they might become quite violent to you. The uh, These are the kind of people that are persecuting Christians, that are uh, cutting them up in little pieces, literally, or in some cases they just ignore them. you You've probably seen people like this that you're talking to them about the Lord and you're showing what the Word of God tells them and uh, they might, uh, it starts to get to them. So they might walk away and when they come back, they're as hard as they can be. They they don't want to talk about it anymore. And so you, you find these people around that they don't believe the Word of God. They They don't believe... Many of them don't believe that there is a God. They they think that uh, what we have we can explain through evolution or or some process like that. That that uh, uh, nature is is eternal, and uh, they make 
nature their God, perhaps, or they just don't want to have anything to do with God at all. Some of these people are, are not mean in their spirits. They're, they're good moral people. They, uh, wouldn't beat their wife or they, they would be as good as they could as far as, as, uh, being morally good is concerned. So, uh, they're not all mean-hearted people in any sense of the word. They just don't want to have anything to do with God and with His Word. And you've seen people like this, and so have I. And when they say, well, I don't believe in God, you begin to wonder, well, wait a moment, if they don't believe in God, they're they're good moral people. They're not mean and, and vicious. But uh, the devil takes the Word out of their lives. Why does he do this? He doesn't want anyone to turn to God and be saved from their sins. He wants them to be a part of his kingdom. He doesn't want them to be a part of God's kingdom. And so he'll uh, give them reasons as to why they shouldn't be believing this stuff. And sometimes they call it this junk. And uh, they junk the word. They... they uh, Throw the word away. They don't want to have anything to do with it. This is a, a terrible thing to happen in anyone's life. That if they, if uh, a person gets to this place for whatever reason, then it is really a sad situation for them. They can go through life, and some of these people may even have not very many problems. It, life might be pretty good to them. They might have a nice house and nice car or whatever. Uh, you know, the things that we kind of think are important and a, a good bank account and, and uh, all of these things. And yet they don't believe in God. They don't believe in the Bible. They Or they don't believe in my version of it. I had one person, I asked this person to, if uh, he was going to heaven, and he said, not your heaven. And so it's this kind of an attitude. The reason why the devil takes the word of God out of people's lives is to keep them from getting into God's kingdom and finding the joy and the peace that God has for the, the people who turn to him. It's a wonderful thing to really know God in all of his fullness and love. But many people will never know how wonderful it really is because the devil is doing everything he can to make sure that they don't find the rest of the story that is so much needed in their lives. So they will go through life and thinking that they're doing good, they'll think, well, um, this is the only life we have, so we might as well make the best of it. And they found out that it, the way to make the best of it is to be nice to people. And so they might be selfish in that the reason why they're being nice is, is so that people will not be nice to them. Maybe not. Maybe they're just naturally good people. There are people in, in this world that are just naturally good. They, they're kind and, and gentle to people. 
uh, their temperaments like that, that are that way. So we we see these kind uh, around, and and uh, so this is the first one, and and we're uh, looking at this kind of person and and seeing this this person. I don't know what your life is like. Maybe yours has been that way. Uh, probably not, because if uh, you were this kind of a person, you wouldn't even be listening at all. You wouldn't be wanting to come to a program that's a Christian program. So that kind of person probably wouldn't be listening to what I'm saying at all. We're coming up on our first break pretty shortly here, but I trust that you're beginning to see what uh, the wayside is. Now, the Bible tells us to break up the foul ground, so this is not a hopeless case. People can be changed, their lives can be changed, and many have that have been in this kind of a of a position. And so this is, my name is Howard Eugene Wright. I'm hosting Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. We'll talk to you on, later on the other side. Now, more Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com with your host, Howard Wright. We're talking about the parable of the sower, and we just got finished talking about the wayside ground. And and as I was closing up that part of the uh, program, I was telling you that we can break up the foul ground, that no person is again is uh, to the place where they can't find God and have God in their lives. Even a person that is in the position that we were talking about is so hardened against God's word and and against the word of God's kingdom. Uh, yet there is hope. There's hope all along the way that people can know God and all of his fullness and all of his love and everything that God does for us and and everything like that. You know, one of the things that people think about when they, uh, that has really hardened them is they think about Christianity as being pie in the sky by and by. But I want you to know that that is not the case at all, that we can have a little bit of heaven down here as well. And where Jesus is at, where the king is at, that's where the kingdom is at. And the kingdom does have some words to say to us today. And of all the times that we need to hear a message of hope, a message of cheer that God has for everyone, regardless of who you are, what side of the fence you're on, how much education you've got, whether you're... uh, a bad person or a good person or whatever, there is hope for you. And I want you to know that today as we go on in these different areas. Like I said at the first, we're in one of these four areas that we're talking about. And um, so the next one we're going to talk about is the seed that was sown 
on the stony ground. And so we have uh, it being sown in the heart. The the ground is the heart. I think you've probably figured that out. So it's, it's sown into the heart of people, right down where they live. The, the Word of God is not something off the wall. It, it gets right down to where we live. That's the reason why some people don't like it too well, because the Bible, the Word of God, is sharper than two edges, any two-edged sword, and it pierces right down to our very hearts, right down to where we're at, and begins to stir up some things inside of it. Now, the person on the, that is represented by the stony ground, they receive the Word of God. They they just accept that it's just a real joy to them. They accept it with joy. They really are excited about it. They said, here I am at last. I've found the truth. I've found the way. This is wonderful. And they begin to kind of jump up and down in their in their spirit, and, and uh, uh, life begins to take on a, a new meaning for them, and, and everything seems to be doing wonderfully. And... You know, all at once, seems like the bottom falls out. And they think, oh, wait a moment. I thought when I become a Christian that I wouldn't have any problems. And that's an, a real delusion if we ever get the idea that, that just because you become a Christian, you don't have any problems. Because the truth of the matter is you may have a few more to add to the ones you already have. Because there will be people out there that won't appreciate the fact that you changed, that you left their crowd. They, they uh, think that now maybe you feel like you're better than we are, that you don't want to do the same things we used to do. Uh, and you used to do it too. The things that you used to do, you don't want to do anymore. And this person has become a a new creation, they, their life has taken on a new meaning, and they're all excited about that. And uh, what happens? They hear the word, but and they receive it, but the truth matter is they didn't exactly understand all of it. It, it was a, a shallow receiving. They received it without understanding, without counting the cost without realizing that, now wait a moment, this may have some problems and this may have some big problems if you really accept this message of love and forgiveness that God has for you. Not everyone's going to be impressed by it. Some people are going to think that you really jumped off the log, that you really lost your mind and lost your senses and, uh, you may not be looking for that when you accept the Lord. You you have no root. You haven't been rooted in God's Word. You haven't uh, really understood the, the Bible when it says that we need to take up our cross and follow Jesus, that we need to deny ourselves as we take up our cross and follow Jesus. We deny ourselves to the things that's going to harm us anyway. God doesn't take anything away from us that's going to be a, a blessing and an encouragement to us. But there are a lot of things in our lives that are tearing us down, and we need to 
be willing to sacrifice those things. We need to get rid of those things in our lives. So there's a lot of things when we become a Christian that we're going to make some changes. And so these are the kind of people that I would refer to as the fair-weather Christians. As long as the weather's right and the sun shines out and and uh, the temperature is good and and everyone thinks, boy, this is wonderful. You've finally cleaned up your life. You're, you're not doing these things that you used to that were destructive to you and destructive to yourself. And everyone starts patting them on the back and they're really feeling good about it until this person says, you know, the thing that happened to me that can happen to you too. He starts telling this to his old buddies that they used to drink with him. He used to carouse or whatever else with him. And he starts saying, you know, yeah, I, I really did change. It sure has made a difference to me. And this can happen to you too. Well, some of them are not too impressed with that. And so they they start being tempted to do something else. They, they say, now, wait a moment. You don't have to do all those things to be a Christian. Uh, you don't have to separate yourself from the world, the flesh, and the devil. And they'll start tempting them to do that. I had a relative that got to the Lord, and and his uh, relatives got him together and and uh, invited him and his wife over to, and they didn't know what was going on, but but they had all these different kinds of liquors. Uh, all kinds of alcoholic beverages, and some of the ones that he liked the best. And so they they brought him over and they set him down with all this and and uh, was telling him, now, you don't really have to uh, worry about quitting all this stuff. And so my relative is one of my uh, brother-in-laws. He said, I love Jesus more than I love this, walked out. But some people won't do that. When they're tempted, they'll go along with the temptations. There's a, a besetting sin, perhaps, in their life, and that besetting sin will keep tripping them up. So they, or maybe afflictions come because of the Word, because of God's Word, uh, afflictions will come. People will... Uh, not appreciate what you're doing. So persecution may come. They they see your life. They think it's good for you, but don't try to push it off on me. You keep it to yourself. And if you don't, you might end up being persecuted. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us all that will live godly will suffer persecution of one way or another. It may be bodily persecution, it could be mental type persecution, calling you a, a holier than thou and this kind of a thing. It it could be uh, just uh, trying to reason you out of what you were, uh, what the Lord brought you into. But there's a a lot of different kinds of persecutions that could come to us because of the word. You know, the Lord tells us that uh, we shouldn't be worrying about this. As a matter of fact, we should rejoice when we're persecuted for righteousness' sake, for for Jesus' sake. And he said, be exceedingly glad, 
because great is your reward in heaven for so persecuted they, those people that were before you that love God. See, and so, uh, but these temptations will come. Just because we've become a, a Christian doesn't mean that we're not going to be tempted from time to time. We still have eyes. We still have ears. We see things that that are a temptation to us. It draws us away from our commitment to Christ and things like this that come upon our lives. We do have affliction. Just because we become a Christian, that doesn't mean we're not going to get sick. That doesn't mean we might end up with pneumonia or whatever and all of these uh, afflictions that we have. And so the people like that, the stony ground people, are the ones that come to a place in their life and and they see that it's not just working out the way that it should. And so they're kind of fair weather as long as God blesses them, as long as he gives them good health and and helps them to have a better job or whatever, then everything goes fine. But if that doesn't, that isn't the way that it is, then they'll find some something else. There's a lot of people that are running around trying to find something that'll make them feel better, make them maybe look better or whatever. And when that doesn't work, they're running after something else. And they're just leaping from one thing to another. If Christianity doesn't do it for them, then they'll try some other religion or they'll try something else. And they could even go into the... the uh, wayside type people where they don't want to have anything to do with God at all. And so here we are upon our second break and I'm Howard Eugene Wright hosting Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Welcome back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. While we're talking about uh, the parable of the sower, we've talked about the uh, wayside ground, those people that don't want to have an interest of God. And then we've talked about fair-weather Christians that accept the Bible for what they thought it was, to accept salvation through Christ uh, to get them out of some kind of a problem or difficulty. And when they find out that doesn't work, they're off to something else. But in this case, we can uh, take the rocks out of our lives. We need to count the cost before we become a Christian. We need to realize that there is a uh, Cross, there is a cross that we need to die out to ourselves, the world, the flesh, and the devil, if we're really going to accept God the way we should. And so, uh, people need to realize that as they become Christians, it isn't all fair weather all the time. So when you become a Christian, don't expect that you're not going to have any problems, that everything's going to be, uh, just as perfect as it possibly could and 
God's going to bail you out of everything you get yourself into. And, and you know, there's so much of this today that uh, we hear the, uh, pros- the prosperity gospel that says if you become a Christian, you can have a better car, you can have better finance, and on and on they go. Well, they're just lying to you. And if you take that kind of a thing, you'll find yourself in, in trouble every time. There have been people that have, have done this, and now they're some of the worst enemies of the Christian life because they didn't really understand what it was all about. They were disillusioned, and they went their way against Christ and against his word and his way. Some of these could even be pastors. They could be workers in the church that do things like this. And um, I've been around long enough to see all of the stuff that I'm talking to you about happen. And so the next one we want to talk about is those that are the seed that's sown amongst thorns. Now, uh, thorns have stickers on them, don't they? So these are those that are sown amongst the thorns. And I think of these as worldly Christians. Now, a worldly Christian is one who has never died out to himself. And so what he's thinking about, or she's thinking about, is uh, how can this be to my best advantage? And so they're, they uh, are the kind of people that they are very worldly-minded. They're uh, thinking about the world as far as uh, the... Uh, cares of the world are concerned and we all have different cares and whether you're a Christian or not, you're still going to have some cares uh, families need to care for their children, we need to care for our community we need to deeper that what we do does affect other people that we're not an island of ourselves that we're a part of, an, of a society that we can either leave it worse or better. We can either be a blessing to people or we can be a curse to people. And we can be a blessing to ourselves or a curse to ourselves depending on how we look at the world, the way that we look at the things around us. And uh, a Christian does not think of the world in the same way and I mean the, the nice things of the world that so many of us take that we ought to really be, that we're uh, entitled to, you know. Actually, there's only a few things that we're entitled to. That's food, clothing, and a place to stay. And uh, everything else is just extra. As far as our physical is concerned and and then we do need friendship and love from other people. That is one thing, and we need hope. And so these are needs that, that God will take care of. But when we go beyond that and we want to be greedy and we want to be selfish of what we have and we want to amass as much of this world that we can and, and things like this, and we come into the Christian life that way, we, the word has been sown amongst thorns, and these thorny things will 
eventually, if we don't get rid of them, they'll get rid of our Christian life. They cannot work. Uh, they can't coexist. There's no way that that you can have the Word of God coexisting with a selfish life and with a worldly kind of a Christian that that is out to get as much of the world as they can. Now, these would also fall into this uh, thing of, you know, of uh, being uh, the kind of people that follow after the prosperity gospel. It says you can just have everything you want and just accept Jesus and Jesus will give you everything. Jesus is not a big Santa Claus up stairs somewhere and as long as you're halfway decent, he's going to give you everything. People who have everything don't appreciate it. If you have to work for it a little while, you appreciate it a lot better than if it's just given to you like they used to say on a silver platter or on a gold platter. And so there's nothing wrong with going out there and having to work by the sweat of your brow for some things that you have. That you, uh, if you go out there and work for it, you appreciate it a lot more. But people who think that when they become a Christian, that they should have all the world's goods that that are all around us, and that God ought to bless them, and and we ought to be able to claim this for the Lord and claim that for the Lord, and actually claim it for ourselves. And so, if we want to. A big diamond ring, we just claim it for ourselves. And I saw a person in one of these groups that had a, a ring with a, a stone on it, you know, and uh, that would look pretty expensive. I don't know if it was or not. It might have been an imitation. But uh, people look important in this world that, you know, they, they get very upset if, uh, their hair in part exactly right or or in my case I have some teeth that are missing and you know and these kind of things and the Bible tells us that man looks on the outward but God looks on the heart and all this uh, is being sown in the heart it's being sown where people live there's a particular way that if we live we can get the most out of life we can have the best that God has to offer. But it's not the material things. It's the spiritual thing. It's the things that God gives to us that the world can't give and the world can't take it away from you. And that's the kind of things we need. The Lord gives us real hope. He gives us eternal life. We're looking at a, a person that... Uh, wants all this world, and he wants Jesus too. He wants the best of both worlds. And how many have we got like that? And they strive for the things of the world, and, and the thing is, they get them sometimes. They, if you work hard enough for something, you just might get it. But once you get it, do you really want it? I I've, uh, don't know how you are, but I've been in, in times when I saw something I really thought would be nice that I had, and I spend the time and money to get it. And then when I get it, three months later, I'm not, I've just completely lost interest in it. And that's the way it is with the world. If we get to wanting to have this thing and that thing in the world, 
then we get something and maybe we get a nice house or something. We look over at our neighbor and they've got something a little better. <clears throat> so we want to keep up with the Joneses. And so we, we keep on doing that and it can get pretty frustrating. There's a, a way to live that's much better than just trying to keep up with the Joneses. And so this person will uh, do that, the deceitfulness of riches, the uh, cares of the world, the pleasures of this life, the lust of other things will get in the way of the word. And like I said, you can't have the two of them together. You've got to go out all the way with God or you don't go out at all. Uh, and you can have the joy of the Lord for a while, but if you want to have it in the long run, you have to take the long look and you have to uh, count the price and pay the price and not worry about the things of this world or the flesh or the devil or anything like that, but just give yourself wholly to the Lord. Because if you don't, you won't bring any fruit to perfection. You might have a certain amount of Christianity, but it won't be the very best that you can have. And we've seen people like this, that that they only go so far in their Christian life. They don't want to become fanatical. They don't want to get overboard on this thing, and because they're so they're spending so much time uh, with the uh, the deceitfulness of riches, and riches can be deceitful. You know more than get them, and you're you're gone with them again, and things like this. Well, we're ready for our next break. So this is. Howard Eugene Wright, Rivers of Living Water, on TalkZone.com. Let's get back to Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com. Here's your host, Howard Eugene Wright. I trust that you are seeing yourself in one of these that we'll be talking about today and that you'll go accordingly because it is very important that we have a very good relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. If we don't have this, then life could fall apart here, but it most certainly will not be any happy thing for us when we have to face God. So we need to prepare to meet our God. God is a wonderful being. He's the most wonderful being in the whole universe. He's not an idea. There is something in this world that's trying to pull us away from the true and living God and pull us into other things. And if we allow that, not something, but someone, the devil, to pull us away from God, whether it's to harden our heart, to get us in the stony ground and just be a fair-weather Christian, or whether it's to be a worldly-minded Christian, we're still not going to have the very best that God has for us. And God has so many wonderful things for us that... that uh, we can enjoy 
if we'll just go all out for God. So our last one that we're going to talk about is the person who has counted the price, that understands what Christianity is all about, and is willing to go into it knowing full well that they might face persecution or whatever, that they have made up their mind they're going to serve God and love God and love people and and do what God wants them to do, regardless of what happens in this life. And so we we have these kind of people, which I like to refer to as sold-out Christians, people who are willing to pay the price, whatever that may be, and not to get tangled up into the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches. There are so few people that are like this today that I'm talking about. Most of the people are in those first three categories. And Jesus said that there would be few that would really find the true and living way. We found out that when we were studying the Sermon on the Mount. There are so few people that really can see the truth as it is in Christ because there's so many things today to distract people that that maybe wasn't even around. But we need to understand the Word. We need to hear the Word. Hear the Word of God in its true meaning. And here's another thing. So many of our modern translations have taken out some of the things that that we need to to have. They water down some areas in in the Bible. And so I would say that you need to go to uh, a translation like I've got here. And my translation is called the Easy Reader Translation. And uh, what it does, it just takes the Z's and L's out and, and brings some of the words up to date. But keeps the meaning. And so Jesus talks about that uh, every word is it's settled in heaven. It's up there protected, regardless of what people do to try to water down the word or, or try to uh, put something else in the place of it or, or give a new revelation or whatever. The word of God is what we need to understand. We need to hear it. We need to understand it. We need to understand our own situation. We need to understand that sin is a terrible thing. It's dragging people down. It's dragging their society down. When people rebel against God, they're, they're uh, not only tearing their own life apart, they're uh, being a bad witness to others. And some people even dedicated themselves to destroying the Christianity from the face of the earth. And we see a lot of this. But not only do they hear the word, understand the word, but they receive it. They receive the word. They accept it as God's word. They don't say that this is just something that people wrote. They don't say that that this is uh, that's just mine's just as good as that one or some other religion is just as good as this, and uh, go on their merry way, they realize that this is the word of God, that holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit, and this truly is God's word. 
And then, then not only that, they keep it. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And so they, there's a, a thing here that, that um, we see that first we hear it, we understand it, we receive it, then we keep it. And what is the result? We produce fruit. We produce the fruit of the Spirit that uh, my program is called after. The, the rivers of living water is the fruit of the Spirit. And we start producing those. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, all the fruit of the Spirit that we find in Galatians chapter 5. And so this is the kind of life that people live. They go about doing good. They go about helping others. They are uh, trying to help people to understand the Word of God. The best thing that we can do for people is to get them in the right relationship with God. If we do everything else for them, if we feed them, we clothe them, we do everything that uh, we would would be good to them, and it is good to them and good for them, and yet if that's all we do and we don't tell them about Jesus and we don't show them the way of Christ, then really we really haven't helped too many. And, and uh, we have a lot of programs today that help people on this and help people on that. And it comes from some people that don't even know the Lord at all, or maybe they even despise Him. And yet, uh, all of these things may be good in themselves. And we need to do this as Christians. And Christians will. They'll outshine and outdo anything. They'll have relief programs here, there, and yonder. And they'll do everything they can to relieve the sick and the oppressed and the afflicted. That's what Jesus came to do. You know, he came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to lift up those that have fallen. He came to set the captives free, regardless of what their uh, captivity is. And Christians take on the attitude of Jesus. They're not out to get everything they can in life for themselves. They're out to help others to get what they can get. The Bible tells us that we should, in honor, prefer one another, that we should seek the well-being of others. And a real Christian will do this. The one that is sold out for God will be the most loving person that you'll find. Some people say, well, if you just tell me what you're telling me today, you're not loving me at all. That is not true. And we even have the latest thing, I think, was in the military, that if a person witnesses about Jesus in the military, that he could end up being court-martialed. I had, we had a person, my wife and I had a person not too long ago tell us that it's illegal to talk about Jesus in America. And how far have we gone? How far have we degenerated? Because so many people are in these first three levels that I'm talking about. And so... We need some sold-out Christians. We need Christians that are really all out for God, all out for other people, all out for the advancement of this society of ours, the best society that we anywhere at any time would be one that loves God and loves people, that loves God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength, and loves their neighbor as herself. It is important what we listen to and what we hear today because it starts out with listening.
and it it can get down into our heart and cause us damage and cause us real concern. We need to listen to God's word. We need to follow his ways. We need to do his will more today than we ever have. And I trust that what I'm saying to you will get a hold of your heart. And if you're in one of these other territories today, I want you to know that there is hope in Jesus, that you're no worse off than some others, and that you can, if you will turn from your sins and and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you can know the fullness of his blessing. You can have a wonderful experience with him. I trust that what I've said is is, uh, a big help to you today. I'm going to have to sign off for this week, and uh, we'll get back with you next week. So I'm Howard Eugene Wright, signing off with Rivers of Living Water on TalkZone.com.